Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Future Leader Experience. I hope you've all been well. I'm very pleased today to uh, bring to you our next guest. I've been very excited to have her on the show, as I believe she's a role model for our generation. She is a actress, a barrister at law who's um, called to the bar at Lincoln's Inn in 2018, I believe. Uh, she's an actress, model for TV, print, and movies. Joining us all the way from Malaysia via Zoom, it is with great pleasure that I introduce to you to the show, Koyit. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hello. Oh, my God. This is the, the most official introduction I've heard in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I won't say I'm a role model. I, I just do whatever I want to do, and I, I just do whatever I like to do. I won't call yeah. myself a role model, though. Well, I think... From my perspective, a lot of the things that you have, uh, a lot of the work that you've done, I think there are many qualities that many people should be, you know, looking up to in the sense that kind of doing what, doing what you want and you seem to be loving what you're doing so, uh, and, and doing a pretty good job. So I think that's a role model, no? I, I, think, I think if you say, like, I'm a role model of YOLO, then yeah, I would say that I, I am a YOLO kind of girl. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Okay, let me do a short introduction about myself. Okay, go on, please. To get this started off. Uh, hi, everybody. My, I'm Koyit. I am Malaysian. I'm a Malaysian actress. I uh, started off acting since I was five, actually, by accident. And then because I come from a very traditional Chinese Asian family uh, where my parents are like, you know, if you want to be an actress, fine. But you really have to study. You have to pick from the five um, occupations that I give you. Doctor, accountant, lawyer, engineer, and architect. Choose one. Uh, and after that, I carried on to be a lawyer because my parents said so. And I do like it as well. But I only grew to like uh, law along the way. And then I stopped for a bit, went back to Taiwan to shoot for a bit, and then continued my bar studies. And then I came back to Malaysia to be an actress. That's my life story. <laughs> <laughs> very, no, very, very interesting. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one of the first questions that I was going to ask you was that, yeah, how did you um, decide that you wanted to be uh, an actress? Uh, I didn't decide actually. So it started off because I hated going on stage. As a kid, you know, uh, we went to kindergarten and we we're supposed to go on stage and perform. I hated every moment of it. I remember having to lie to my parents and say like, oh, I had a bellyache because I didn't want to go to school because that day itself we had to perform. And my dad was like, you know what? If you can't, you don't even dare to go to stage now. You you don't even dare to perform now at such a young age. How are you going to go out and speak for yourself in the future? So my dad signed me up for some um, kids fashion show school. So you, kids talent school. Not sure what you call it. But then, like before, it was this school where parents who want their kids to, to be a star, you go there and you get to go on stage to perform. But I don't think that intention was for me to be a star. It was just to give me an opportunity to go on stage. And gradually, I, I wasn't that afraid to go on stage anymore. So uh, I started uh, having those 
kids performances kids catwalk show go on stage and, and and do like a kid dance or whatever and then i was scouted to be a commercial actress because i had this bangs when i was young i had dimples and um i dared to present myself i was like out there um you know we had this like casting tapes where you're supposed to go hi my name is Cody. i am five years old and my parents were like uh they said that I was this dramatic girl where I said, like, my ambition is to be a doctor. And I, I pointed at the sky and, and clients loved it. I think that was when uh, I was scouted to do TV dramas and series. And that was how it started. It wasn't intentional. The whole point of it was just to allow me to go on stage more. So I wouldn't be afraid to express myself uh, when I maybe don't do business in the future. And that's it. Uh, it was all by pure luck. I see. So, obviously, you, you are a very outgoing per, uh, person. Uh, YOLO, you know, great. I, I, I love it. Yeah. But, um, has this, are you saying that, was this always in you? Or is this something that was triggered by the, you know, going to that class? or? Mm, I would say I am like that when I'm comfortable. Mm. Um, it was also triggered by the fact that I know that if I make the clients happy, back then I didn't know anything about money. So all my income back then would go to my, a joint account my mom and I shared. I was like five. All I know is that after I complete my job, the clients would give me like a, oh my God, as a kid, I had like the, the best toys. I had the biggest Barbie doll house. I have the nicest set of clothes. It all came from the client. So the client would come up to me and they go like, oh, you're going to eat this noodle, this packet of noodles and make it look so good. And I'm going to give you this Barbie doll house. Mm. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it for that, that house. So I, I was out there because I know that I was going to get something in return so from the clients. And, and the clients were always very nice to me. Like my mom would say, oh, if you do well, go home. I'm going to buy you KFC or something. <laughs> so I think initially I did it for, for, for the presence, for mm. the satisfaction. But from, I mean, the, 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 the approval from my parents and the clients and gifts or whatnot. But then it was until I, until I understand what it was about, understood that performing was something I like because I'm so expressive. And that was when I got the satisfaction. But I wouldn't say I had it since I was young, no. Okay. No, 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 very, uh, very interesting. So again, I, I, I find you interesting for, 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 for many reasons, but one of them is, is the, um, the fact that you are a barrister, something I, I, I am, mm -hmm. uh, you know, law graduate, law postgraduate, and I do have mm -hmm. uh, ambitions for the bar at, at mm -hmm. some point in my life. Um, mm -hmm. These are quite similar roles. In, in, in my, mm -hmm. in my I, I'm sure you know what I mean. There are similarities between theater and the, no, 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 theater. between theater and the bar. And they say a lot, okay. a lot of people say that, you know, barristers are trapped thespians, you know, people who have, you know, want, who want to act, who want to mm -hmm. um, express themselves, mm -hmm. but are confined to the courtroom. Do you, do you think this is the case? I would beg to differ, to be honest. So my boyfriend is a barrister as well. Uh, he's a barrister in Hong Kong. He hates acting. Mm. He uh, does not like to present himself in such a dramatic way. I think it's a very American 
like like presenting and expressing and and being out there. That is a very American style of being a lawyer, an advocate. But the British style, if I'm not mistaken, they are pretty. I wouldn't say I I won't say this is for for everyone. I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I think they they write more and they tend to rely more on their submissions. I、mm. mean, paper submissions than actually presenting it. Because I remember going for、uh, advocacy class, and I am very. I talk when I talk. I use my. I think you can tell by now if you're watching the video. Like I use my hands a lot. I use my facial expressions a lot, and that is actually a no-no in if you are an. Uh, if you are a barrister in the UK, like your hands is supposed to stay on the podium, on the、yep. to, yeah, you're supposed to just like you know hold the podium or hold the table, and not let your hands distract the judge. Or your hands is supposed to just put in the middle. Because I remember when I went for advocacy class and I was like, you know, I thought that it was the you are a shame to the society. I thought we're supposed、yeah. to do that expressive American. A suits series kind of you know、uh, gestures and whatnot, but apparently not. You're supposed to just stick to your submissions, guide the judge, and refer the judge back to your paper that you submitted, and that's it.、Mm. No, no, no.、Yeah. I, 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 I get that certainly in this in this country, but、um, yeah, I, I have、uh, experienced you know mooting certainly, and、mm-hmm. my my、um, mooting.、Uh, But mooting is different, you see. Mooting、yeah. is like it's it's a it's a competition, it's、yeah. a performance.、Yeah. You have to capture the judges, like 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 your examiners' attention, and you、mm. have to be funny. You have to be out there. Your personality, your personality has to be strong enough.、Mm. But in a courtroom, imagine the situation. It's serious. It's very. It's a very. Um, it's a very, a very cold courtroom,、mm. and the judge is very like you know case hardened. Everyone is serious. It's money involved. It's lives involved. So, I guess then, unless you are a criminal barrister, you need to you know maybe attract the attention of some of the sleepy, um, 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 um yeah. yeah, jurors maybe,、mm. maybe. But for a commercial case, probably less. So、yeah. then again, it depends. It depends, yeah. Mm. Mm. No,、um, yeah. I I remember certainly with the the t- seriousness. My、um, lecturer in、uh, advocacy, he, he he was saying to all of us, always if you're nervous with your hands, because when we、mm-hmm. talk, we tend to a lot of us yeah, we tend to we do this, yeah, especially with our hands. Exactly. Hold your put your hands on the le- the lectern and you know keep them there however much you want to jitter you can you you are you are allowed to move、mm-hmm. your toes as much as you want because they, nobody can see them、oh. you can't but you can't move your hands so I I, I certainly relate to that I like to move on、mm-hmm. to、um, something that really struck a chord with me、um, and that was、okay. your TED talk、uh, oh your,、okay. yeah. Uh, your TED talk, <laughs> living many lives. I personally could relate to many of the points that you were、um, talking about, such as when you were discussing your advocacy exam. And one, one,、mm-hmm. uh, one that really hit、uh, note with me was when you talked about how children, when we're growing up, we're allowed to be the teacher will do this exercise, and we're allowed to、mm-hmm. put down whatever we want to do. You know, what would you like to be、mm-hmm. when you grow up? 
You're allowed to put mm-hmm. on doctor, astronaut, uh, you know, teacher, firefighter, mm-hmm. but you're mm-hmm. not allowed to put two different things. Yeah. And, no. and I could never pinpoint mm-hmm. um, this, 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 this feeling because I, I get that you, you get this pressure um, mm-hmm. in, in our generation, certainly, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you are kind of pigeonholed. Every, yeah, every of stage of your life, mm-hmm. you are, it's a chicane and you're being pigeonholed mm-hmm. into more sp- specific um, mm-hmm. places. Now, I could never pinpoint this, but w- until when you said it, I was like, that's exactly how I feel. <laughs> so, what, I, what I was wondering was, what prompted you to talk about this? I think it was back in, I, I always had this feeling where I felt like I, I, I don't belong. So, uh, like when I was in high school, after high school, people just, they, they just think that you, you are so certain. Come on, high school. I came out of high school not knowing what to do. And people, adults, they just think that you know what you want to do. I am, what, 16, 17? I don't even know what the heck I want to eat for lunch. And they're like, oh, you have to decide whether you want art stream or science stream, whether you want to be an, a, a singer or, or an accountant or, or whatever, a banker or a doctor or lawyer. You have to choose there and then. And I don't know whether it's a, an Asian thing, but my... my I was going to bring that Asian, up. Maybe. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Go on, yeah. I don't know. Well, you are half Asian. Yeah, I, I yeah. so I, I, I can relate to many of... The, and that's what I was thinking as well. Like that, your parents will sit you down, right? And literally yeah. go, hey, what do you want to do? Hey, James, like, what is your ambition? I'll be, I, fair, I I'll be fair to my parents. I'll be fair to my parents. They never, they never pushed me in that regard. I, they had oh, other, okay. they had I, they had other, my mom, she had other Asian traits. And my father who spent a long, long time uh, mm-hmm. in, 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 in uh, Singapore. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he's, he's, he's an Ang Mo, or like he's a, he, English, but he, he behaved yeah. more like the tiger mom as I grew, grew older. But, okay. but yeah, they never really pressured me. I felt, I felt, I felt more maybe from, you know, the teachers and the, 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 the mm-hmm. society in general you know, Mm -hmm. which was this culture of you have to have the best marks in, in, in science and mathematics. Mm -hmm. It doesn't Mm -hmm. really matter. Arts and other, other things, music, sports, for example, weren't prioritized Mm -hmm. as much as Mm -hmm. which has its. Yeah. 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 I, I, I have a story to share actually. The reason why it meant like the reason why I geared my TED talk towards that whole direction is because let me tell you something that, that not a lot of people know. So after, so I was a science student. My parents are like, you, you, you need to study well, you need to study hard, you need to do science. So I was like, okay, so I am a biology, math, uh, biology, chemistry, physics, math student. After I completed my high school, which is, which was my O levels then, uh, I went out to choose my subjects for A-levels. So since I was a science student, I was supposed to do science subjects, right? And science subjects, uh, you are allowed to choose to be a doctor or a dentist or a nurse. Or, and uh, my dad asked me what I want to be. And I was like, I don't want to be a doctor. I don't feel like being a doctor. So something next to a doctor is, is, is a dentist. So then when people asked me what I wanted to be, I was like, oh, I want to be a 
dentist who loves acting. But I, I didn't tell people about acting then. I was just acting was a side job. I was so focused on being a dentist. And it was the worst year of my life. So I, when I was doing my A-levels, um, my dad uh, spoke to a friend of his and he allowed me, that, who is a dentist, then allowed me to work in his, uh, to work in his dental clinic for three months. I hated that three months. I hated being in a room. I hated talking to a patient who couldn't talk to you. And those who come to the dental clinic, you think that their teeth are going to be, you know, like perfect, pearly yeah, white. No, 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 you no, are no. so wrong. They're when coming they go to you to for a dentist, reason. <laughs> for a reason. Because yeah. they could not find their teeth. The teeth are gone. Like the yeah. tooth is nowhere to be found. It's yeah. so rotten. And, and when they open their mouth, they don't even clean. They don't floss. I, I am really anal about flossing my teeth and they don't floss. They, don't, they just go for lunch and they come in. They don't have the kind of respect. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I just didn't like it. I didn't like the smell. I didn't like the blood. I didn't like the whole situation. But then I did science. I was stuck with being a doctor or a nurse or a dentist. And how remember, old were you, were, were you again? I was like 18. Okay, and you, you, have, you have this pressure of being stuck. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. And uh, I remember not doing very well for my A-levels. Uh, I loved biology because it was a lot of memorizing, understanding. But I didn't like physics and math specifically. Chemistry was not okay. It was sort of like memorizing for me. I didn't like math and physics at all. But to be, to go to a good dental school, you need biology, chemistry, physics, not really physics, but math for sure. And I remember coming home crying. I told my dad, like, I didn't like it. Why do you want to force me to be a dentist when I, I honestly don't like what I wanted, like what I studied, I didn't like it at all. I won't be able to do it for the rest of my life. And my dad was like, then what do you want to do? Choose again. And I was like, ah, oh, I don't mind memorizing. Why not law? But I told my dad that if I did law and I did well, will he allow me to be an actor? And that was when he was like, mm, if you like it that much, do well in law, then come back and then be an actor. I like we had like a pact and he sort of agreed with it and and then I went and do law I, I stopped uh, I, I completed my A-levels and stopped focusing on being a dentist because I didn't like it all, and then switched to law I had to redo again uh, I, I did like um, a year here in Malaysia and then two years in the UK mm. yeah that was the story and that was when I was thinking I, I just wasted a year just because I wasted a year doing something I didn't like just because society and my parents that now they know better not to do this, but then they, they try to funnel me into something that I am supposed, they think I was supposed to do because I was a science student. I have to do, I have to be a doctor or a dentist or a nurse or whatever within the science stream. But I couldn't think, out of the box i couldn't do anything else like then being an actor wasn't in the books because i was a science because i was a science stream student so and i don't think i was alone then i felt like i am pretty sure people out there feel like me and think like me and that was when i met a lot of students who are also singers who were also studying law but they 
knew that they didn't want to. They studied law for as a base, as a backup plan, as a core, but they loved other things and they were so happy to explore like photography and, and, and being an art director or a theater performer who are also lawyers. Mm. Yeah. So why, why do you think that that is the case then why do you think is this is this a society is this a wider societal thing or is this an asian thing why did you, why do you think your parents or our parents um what's the reason for them you know pushing into pushing their children into this kind mm-hmm. of um yeah following the trend of specialization rather than you know generalization i think it's i think it's security Mm-hmm. I think it's the old traditional way uh, of thinking of, of security. Like, I guess um, the generation before our parents' generation, they are still, they were not because um, they all came, I mean, Asian. I could speak for Asian. I couldn't speak for any other, any other cultures uh, because I think the generation before them, they're still poor. They were like they came from a communist country but where everyone was still poor. Uh, and then they only understood what um, wealth or what uh, better, better living only when they focused on having professional jobs, like either working in an office as a clerk or an accountant. And they were more respected if they had this secure office jobs or being a teacher or or um, 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 a doctor or something more secure that could provide for the family. That is why they had the same mentality which passed down passed on down to our parents. But I guess the Western is a lot different because they achieved um I won't say it's wealth, but they achieved comfort at, at an earlier generation. So mm. they sort of knew how to explore more and enjoy arts. Because arts is something, or, or generalized um, profession, is, is a more, it's a more comfort or modern way of... It's a luxury. Of, it's a luxury, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that word. Yes, it's a luxury. To be able to sit there and paint and enjoy art and and do all sorts of things, do things that you like. Put because I remember my dad said something about. He said, "Money is money. Your work, your job is is for you to earn a living. Your hobby may not be your your source of income. Your hobby is still gonna be your hobby." This this was what he said back then. Because to him, a hobby is is to enjoy, but Earning a living is a must to, to survive. I think our, my parents' generation, for them to have like a professional job or to, to have one specialized profession, to them, it's, it's more of like a security. To them, it's more of like earning a living and to be able to survive. But the Western, the, the more modern way, because we're not all pretty comfortable we're all not we're all we don't have to worry about putting food on the table so we can now think of 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 having different jobs of enjoying life of trying new things and enriching your life instead of just you know focusing on one thing and just one thing only and for the rest of your life doing the same thing 
just so you could be, you could put food on the table. Mm. I guess it's that. I don't know if I answered your question. I think, no, I think you have. And I, and I agree with it. Um, yeah, like we, like we were saying, the arts or, um, yeah, those, those, those things are considered, they're not at the bottom tier of Maslow's, like, you know, hierarchy of needs, like survival, putting a roof mm. and whatever. And mm. I suppose mm -hmm. coming from, uh, yeah, like you said, the Asian backgrounds, perhaps that is the, the reason, wanting that security, making sure. And I think it's probably, it's a natural instinct to want your kids to be, you know, safe and, uh, and, provided, so. and, yeah. provided, and provided for, you know, no matter, mm -hmm. you, no matter what you want. Um, yeah. So I think we'll leave it there for part one uh, when we'll okay. come back for part two very soon. Thank you, guys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to part two. In the last part, we were discussing uh, Koyid's career and how she came to the career uh, of acting, previously being a... Uh, Barrister, well, you're still a still a barrister, but you know we have you're focusing non-practicing barrister. Non-practicing. And this part two, you're gonna talk more. I feel like I talk too much <laughs> in part one, so part two, I'm gonna make you talk. Okay, okay. okay. Well, it's you a conversation. Talk. If you, yeah, you it's a conversation. To, you have to you have to ask me questions, but I've I've prepared a <laughs> well. few more before. I've pre I've prepared a few before before you do. Okay. One, one okay. question is what. What was your experience? How did you find it studying in the UK? Being from Malaysia, being experienced wow. in Asia, how did you feel being in the UK? That was the happiest four years of my life. <laughs> I mean, I would give so far. Anything. Oh, yes, yeah, so far. <laughs> like, I, I, I'm, I'm almost 30 now, so I, I, I could. I'm 29 this year, so I, I lived a consider considerably long. No, no, okay, I couldn't say that. What if I die tomorrow? This would be, this would be my entire life. Mm. But up till now, those four years were, were my happiest four years. Uh, I, I could eat whatever I want. Well, being an actress in Malaysia and being short, I have to sort of like keep a, a certain weight. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not very tall in person. I'm about... Uh, 159 cm, 160 cm, just yeah, to round it up. Okay, that, yeah. so that is not, that is not very tall. And um, to look good on camera, we all have to stay. I don't have to be skinny. I hate being skinny, but we have to stay a certain weight. Mm. So because you know the camera actually gives you extra kilos. So because of the the, the size and, and yeah because it's so flat, right? We have to kind of maintain a certain weight. And because I, I used to do a lot of sports, I used to be a, a tennis state player and a table tennis district player uh, when I was younger. And I eat a lot, so I tend to be a lot bulkier. Mm. So when I went to the UK, I stopped uh, acting for a couple of years. And that was when I was like, oh my God, I love pizza, I love this, I love that. And I gained six kg. Okay. And I was. And was that I a lot was, for you? That, that was a lot for me. That was a lot for me. For my height and my size, that was a lot for me. I couldn't wear a lot of my clothes. And I felt like because it, it's like, it's a growth spurt, I guess, from having, um, like having a curfew at home and the oldest kid and I have to be home at 10 at least. And then I, I never go to clubs here in Malaysia because, um, my 
my manager, they think that I would be recognized. So I wasn't allowed to go to clubs. So in the UK, we had like the student union thing in uni. So mm. I get to go there, I get to dance, I get to meet new people. I, I don't know, just this, I don't have my parents and work freedom. bogging me down. I have freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, I was really happy. Uh, but I was also very lonely at that time because when I was in Malaysia, this is like total honesty. When I was in Malaysia, because I'm an actress, some people, they, I won't say kiss ass, but they try to want to be friends with you because you're an actress. Mm. And I grew up being an actress. So I always got that attention. I won't say I live off that attention, but I do get it. When I walk into a room, people be like, oh, that's, that's the actress. That's this person. I won't talk to yeah. her. I don't have to really put an effort to make friends. Mm. I do have to still, like, I have to still be genuine, but I don't have to take the first step. But then when I was in UK, I had to take a lot of first steps. I had to go out there and try to be friends. I had to introduce myself. and Because in Malaysia, I don't have to say, oh, well, hi, I'm an actress. I, they, they know. But there in the UK, I had to. I was normal like everyone else. I don't have, I don't, I lost all my, what you call it, uh, in quotation marks, shortcuts. Mm. So... But I did enjoy it. I did enjoy uh, getting out of the uh, public eye, uh, the spotlight for a bit. Uh, but then in that, that also gave me quite a bit of pressure as in I need to do well in my studies. That is just the kiasu in me. Mm. I don't know whether you know what kiasu means. Kiasu, kiasu means, means fear of losing. Yeah, sort of like to those of you who English, don't know, we're gonna we're geeking out yeah. over our you know, no, no. Uh, Malaysian, Malaysian, Singaporean, Singaporean uh, uh, lingo, but uh, Kiasu, lingo, yeah, uh, yeah, fear of, fear of losing. So, uh, yeah. it's ingrained to many uh, Asian people, but yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Uh, and knowing that, because uh, I went to the UK at the peak of my acting career here in Malaysia, I just completed a film, uh, a Singaporean film, and I just flew then like the year after. And I knew that I had to do well in my studies because the newspapers are going to talk about it. Because when I was really? there, I think it was, the se- yeah, it was the second month of my studies and a uh, Malaysian newspapers, uh, they called me and they say, hey, we want to do a tele interview, like a telephone interview. And I was like, oh, okay. And they wanted me to send them some pictures that I took outside uh, my university hall, my law school, and and everything. Because I don't think it's that common. I wouldn't say it's rare, but I won't say it's 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 common that actresses will all of a sudden stop and go study law and, and decide to continue to go to bar school after, especially at the peak of their career. Mm. And I did that. So I knew I couldn't fail. So that was a lot of pressure as well. Mm. And it's just me being a kiasu, yeah, literally yeah. me too. afraid of losing out. Thinking back, I shouldn't put so much pressure on myself because I did spend nights crying in my room and say like, oh my God, what if I fail? Yeah, yeah I did have those moments. I suppose that, that's something that comes to many, uh, <laughs> if not all, university students at some point, and regardless of the fact that, yeah, you have this added pressure knowing that you have the pap- 
paparazzi or whatever the, the not, press not the paparazzi, not just the paparazzi just the but just the, just the press i wish i had paparazzi i'm not that big no <laughs> <laughs> no but uh so no but thank you very much for the for for for, for that uh honesty because um yeah you, you talk about how you have that so-called shortcut but then coming here it's mm -hmm. out of the public eye. but i suppose that that really probably helped you grow more as a as a person that like, you know you of course yeah and yeah, no, so thank you for that. Uh, one of the questions I was going to ask you was, how do you handle that pressure? How do you handle the pressure of, um, yeah, mm. in, in acting, in and obviously the, the legal path as well. Do you want the truth? Do you want the truth? Of course truth? I want the truth. And then you're going to come in with the Jack Nicholson and say, you can't <laughs> handle the truth. No, but yeah, but go on. <laughs> I, I almost did. I, I, yeah. I, I almost thought of doing it. Uh, I actually suffer from eating disorder okay. for many, many years. And I guess that was my... Like, it's, it's not a good thing, but that was how I dealt with stress. Mm. Uh, because, I, I, honestly, if I have kids in the future... I don't think I want them to be in the entertainment industry because mm. sometimes you are just a product. People tend, people tend to forget that you have feelings. You are an actor. You are human. Mm. But when they talk about your price, your rates, uh, when you're free, what you're good at, what you can't do, your height, your looks, they talk about it based on the character in the book. Like, I want this girl because she's pretty enough. I don't want this girl because she's ugly, she's short. They forgot that you're human. When they talk about your rates, it feels like you're an object. So food actually gave me the comfort. But at the same time, remember I told you that I had to maintain a certain weight? I was a bulimic for a very long time because that was a shortcut to make me stay my shape mm. while having the comfort from food mm. and I, I had my ups and downs like I had my sad days I was really stressful at one point uh, because I, I was an overachiever uh, I wanted to do a lot of things I wanted to try a lot of things and 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 also it backfired on me so um no way. I mean, I should have. Back then, I didn't find myself a therapist. I didn't find anyone to talk to. To me, it was always trying to be number one. It was trying to try different things, do it, do my best. And then it wasn't about, it was about myself, but it wasn't really about how I feel. Mm. And then growing up and also in the UK, I, I learned that at the end of the day, no matter how much you achieve, whatever you want to do, make sure that it is you that you want to do it. Like you don't do it for people's applause. You don't do it for other people's recognition because all they do is just, oh, that's the person. That's it. That's it. It's just, oh, oh, he's good. That's it. It's like how you swipe through Instagram. Like, oh, this person is amazing. That's it. You won't change their lives. Mm. But if you do something you like, you change your entire life and you live with yourself for the rest of your life. 
So, and then I started like learning how to manage my own like expectations, what I should do, what I should not do. Do it just because I, because I want to do it. Do it because it can make me happy. Try different things because it can make me happy, not because I want to achieve a certain goal. So I wasn't the best in dealing with stress. Uh, I wasn't amazing at that. But I would. But if you ask me, I would say that um, scheduling and having a timetable and sticking to the timetable did help with. Uh, all my activities, because I, I did take part in a lot of extracurricular activities. Uh, but, and don't overestimate yourself. Uh, and that's it. I won't say I'm the best at giving this advice, but <laughs> I did deal with a lot of um, mental problems. I didn't have like anxiety or depression or whatnot, but eating disorder was a huge problem for me. I, I, I'm clean now, like clean for many, yeah. many years. But I did deal with that. And with the whole social media, you have to look like, oh, you're an actress. I, you know, I, when I was younger, I got this like, you're an actress? Really? You don't even look like an actress. You're not even pretty. I got all that. Like, you're an actress? Really? You, don't, you look so fat. You're so short. How can you be an actress? Mm. What kind of people, what kind of producer would choose you to be an actress? Like, you don't look like an actress. All these hurt, you know, because mm. I am a professional actress. But people just go up to you and say, you don't even look like one. How can you be one? Mm. They don't say it intentionally, but because I was so sensitive, uh, but I was so sensitive, it hurt. Mm. And it hurt even more because I'm a Gyasu. <laughs> because I was afraid of losing. Yeah. I think, yeah, I, I grew out of it now. It was a very teenager thing. Yeah. No, I'm, 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 I'm glad to, to, to hear that, uh, that, that you... You're handling it um, better, uh, and thank you very much mm -hmm. for, for for sharing um, this story. I mean, uh, it's 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 uh, it's refreshing to to to, to hear. You uh, are very welcome. It, no. It's just, I mean, I mean, everyone has their ups and downs. I'm just not afraid of sharing. I used to be very afraid of sharing. I don't want anyone to know. But mm. then I realized that a lot of my friends are suffering from, they think that, oh, Kui is so amazing and, and they cannot do it and they feel bad about it themselves. And then I realized that they don't have to because I have my own problems. I have my shit too. Like everyone has, everyone mm. has their problems. And do you it's think, whether they want to share about it. Do you think that um, this is a social media problem? Is this an age of Instagram problem? Or is this something that, you know, precedes that and, um, I think this problem has always been there, yeah. like people judging and, and, and people are just, they're just judgmental, everyone is. Uh, but then I do think that social media exacerbates the problem a lot. Mm. Yeah, because, and, and, and then the filters and all those kind of things, it does, it does make it so much closer to home. But I won't say it was not present before social media. Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It is a huge um, amplifier. You touched mm -hmm. upon something that I thought was very, very interesting. Doing, doing it to do it and not mm -hmm. doing it for other people. Mm -hmm. I'd like to try and tie this into uh, a character that you actually played. And that was uh, Achiam. 
from uh, yeah. Tito Da. I hope people who listen to this podcast actually actually watch Tito Da. If not, they wouldn't understand. They wouldn't understand. But just a, but just a, a quick a quick overview overview of what um it is. Uh, it's, a, mm-hmm. it's a TV series that was adapted from a play by yeah. a Singaporean playwright, and it's about a young woman who. Uh, uh, one of one of ten children, I believe, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. struggling. One of yeah, ten, twelve or ten. I don't remember. Oh my god! Th- yeah, yeah. one of a lot of children. Yeah, and uh, as a as a girl in uh, that kind of kampong you know, uh, lifestyle, so you know your your your, your village uh, life uh, back in post war Singapore. You know, th- these are the early days of the, of the founding of a of a of a of a country, and mm-hmm. she struggled a lot with abuse and um, family hardships. But mm-hmm. what she did was she discovered uh, Chinese opera and realized, mm-hmm. and I haven't, I haven't got to the, the part where, <laughs> where, the, where you, you <laughs> talk about this yet, but she discovered Chinese opera, but at the same time she did it, she, be, she's, she became a star of, of Chinese opera, but she mm-hmm. did it um, partially, or a big part of mm-hmm. it was to help her sister and to help her family, um, survive actually yes yeah, survive yeah so that, that that's what i uh I, I wanted to uh talk about this a lot because one when i watched it i it it, it really put the technicolor into mm-hmm. the stories that i was told by my my, my family and mm-hmm. my my mom obviously she always talked about her childhood saying that you know because right now everybody sees singapore as the you know skylines money mm-hmm. you know your crazy mm-hmm. rich asians kind of vibe but mm-hmm. back then mm-hmm. post war even you know it was the village lifestyle she said she was the happiest when she had you know they didn't have as much as what they, they did but they had you know their pigs they had the, the chickens and they were farming and all that kind of stuff um mm-hmm. but i want to ask you a few questions about this one how was it like what was it like to to portray this character and um, do you think that these kind of stories need to be told mm-hmm. more? Because right now in the, in the acting world, a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, we, we all know about Hollywood. We all know about um, a lot of these westernized things, but mm-hmm. we don't know these stories that are so pure and are actually, mm-hmm. you know, golden. Mm-hmm. And it's a real life story as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what was your first question again? <laughs> To be honest, I, I can't remember either. But what, what uh, you know, said something what, about what what do I feel about portraying yeah, how, this character? Is it? Yeah. You know, how, how did it, how how did it feel like portraying someone who was you know re- real life and she was on real. set? She's 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 real and she's she was on set. And do you think mm-hmm. that these kind of stories need to be told more? Uh. So what did it feel like? Something that I don't I think you you failed to mention is that this woman in real life she's only hundred and forty cm. Okay, so she's shorter than she you. Is, she is shorter than me. 140 cm is really, really tiny. It's like maybe the height of a 12 to 13-year-old kid, 12 mm-hmm. to 14-year-old kid. And because she was short, she was not loved by her father because they assumed that she was someone else's child because her mother was raped by the Japanese. I didn't know that. The Japanese. Yeah. yeah, by the Japanese soldier who invaded Singapore then. Uh, that's why she was exceptionally short. 
and for someone who has faced all these negativities from her parents and and someone who was not born with a privileged uh, position uh, someone who was not loved and someone who actually made it big and was one of the biggest theater comedy theater star back then and as a woman that was actually a big thing for her but then when i met her in person because to play the character i had to meet the actor in person uh, the, the the woman herself in person which was a pleasure because she's really old and and she was really really big but then people would like give her cars and give her keys to apartment just to say come to my place and act like just come and meet me she was that big she was the 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 oprah winfrey of those times mm. for chinese opera like chinese street opera and uh i asked her I, i was like you were poor like you you didn't have food on the table you guys ate grass for a week she said her her heartiest meal growing up was a rice with an egg and soy sauce and pork like lard pork fat on it just just spoon a spoon of pork fat and and mix it up and that was like chinese meal meal that was like the heartiest meal she, they were that poor they didn't have shoes they had to cut up rubber tires and tie them to their feet as shoes and i asked her did you feel like you were poor did you feel like you were pitiful she said no she said that was just life life was hard but you have nothing else to compare you just live i was like did you not feel like everyone like your friends or maybe someone else had had food on the table they were living a very uh they were living a better life she's like no you just don't compare you live your life why do you need to compare yourself with others comparing yourself with others doesn't make you live their life you still have to live your life and i was like wow we always compare we always feel like we don't have this we need something else our friend got a new car we need to get a new car we are always complaining about our life we're always not having enough exactly we always want to buy more we always want to have more but for her it was that was it that was her life and she just needs to she need to learn how to get through it every single day and that's it mm. i was like that now we focus so much on positivity and all but but then back then there was no you don't have to be positive because it was not a choice and it was all just pure strength and it is something that we in our society nowadays we don't talk about we always talking about oh we're not good enough we need positivity oh we need help we need strength we need we need this we need all these like i'm not saying that positivity is a bad thing or 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 mental health is something that we don't have to think about no but they had so much strength back then that it is something that we are lacking of that we should learn and try to have it in our society nowadays i don't know what is it called i don't know how to define it but speaking to her and meeting her in real life made me learn so much about about myself and about what i'm lacking and and it was something that i hope to put it on screen and i guess that was the most memorable part of it of the, my my career and uh my 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 role as a chum as in the tv series tito dao um and also do i think that it should be played uh more on tv 
on our entertainment, like uh, on our media nowadays. Yes, I feel like not only her, but a lot of other. It doesn't have to be like big stars or 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 someone who made it, but but small, simple stories like these should be put out into the media nowadays because it. I feel like social media, like there's a good part of social media where sometimes like very good stories, like small good deeds that people do or good small achievements, like something that people can be proud of, achievements or or someone who just saved a cat or a dog and something that makes people smile or something that gives people a strength, some a bit of strength or or something people can maybe learn from or relate to. Then simple stories like that should be put on media so that more people can know about it. Not only superheroes, not only blockbuster films, but little little stories like that that reminds us of our culture, of our roots, of our background. I think stories like that should be put on the media more. I do agree. Mm. No, I, I certainly... Um... No, that's a very, very interesting um, background. Uh, I, I have to stop talking, you know. I, I okay, like well, hey, ask, ask me a question. Ask me a question. <laughs> Why do you want to be an actor? Why you do I want to be an you... actor? Well, no, yeah. I, love, I, 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 love, um, I love telling stories. I love storytelling. I love, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I love entertaining people. I love it. If you love entertaining people, why don't you want to be a stand-up comedian? Uh, that's that's a possibility. I've I've many I've many like you. <laughs> I have many uh, different um, uh, ambitions, many different goals mm-hmm. that I have. Uh, mm-hmm. I I love seeing people smile, and if the I think one of the the most satisfying things that can in, in the human experience that comes for free is seeing. Mm-hmm somebody smile and it was because of you because of a joke that you made or because of something that you did that that made them made them smile whether it was a story mm-hmm. whether it was a story that you told whether it was something whether it was a song that you sang uh, mm-hmm. that reminded them of something whether it was a joke that you told uh, mm-hmm. that that brings immense joy to me and i i feel like mm-hmm. it, it it's free um if money were no object that was something that i would i would i would love to do full-time but uh, I have many interests in business, in mm-hmm. law, ma- many, many different interests. And yeah, like you said, it's, um, I suppose it comes from the fact that, yeah, as a society now, we are comfortable and we have the option to uh, experience these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm very interested in many things, especially, I mean, this podcast is about success and leader, leadership development. And, oh, seeing, okay. and seeing young, you know, a lot of... Uh, leaders of industry, how they have, how they've made it and how they have uh, that. Yeah. Discussing their work and Mm -hmm. giving tips and advice to how somebody else who's lower down on the ladder, who's trying to get up, how how they can, Mm -hmm. you know, try and uh, get a step ahead. Now I like to close the show. uh, Mm, Of course. Very, very soon. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to add that as a bonus bit, if you don't mind. Okay. But we'll come back okay. for part three for our closing remarks uh, <laughs> and uh, continue chatting with the wonderful Koyit. So see you guys. And we're back with part three. And uh, in this final part, I'd like to uh, ask 
um, I'd like to introduce a new segment to the show that I was mm-hmm. I thought was particularly appropriate for this show. I'm going to ask um, you, Koit, uh, okay. a series of questions. Now, this okay. this this questionnaire has been inspired by uh, many journalists, including Marcel Proust, Bernard Pivot, and a personal inspiration of mine, the late great James Lipton. This is a this is my own slight variation, uh, but without further ado. Okay. What is your favorite word? Uh, literally, <laughs> uh, uh, literally, okay, all the time. Uh, all right. What is your least favorite word? Fuck. <laughs> you don't like swearing. I I I mean, I'm okay with swearing, but I feel like some people overuse the word. Like if it comes occasionally, it's fine. But some people. They like to use it because they think it's cool. Like, I mean, come on, don't use fuck. Use something else. Use like, come up with a, a swear word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, just don't keep it. using yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Some people, they think it's cool and they keep using it. That's why I don't really like it. Okay. But if it comes occasionally, that's fine. It's acceptable. Like, there are, there's so many other um, beautiful adjectives that you can use about something, but people are like, oh, this is so fucking cool. And, yeah. Oh, this is so fucking beautiful. Like, it's always that. Like, come on with different adjectives. That would be yeah. better. Okay. What is your favorite dish? Sushi. You like sushi? Love sushi. Love Japanese cuisine. Okay. What is your least favorite dish? Um, I actually don't really enjoy Chinese food as much. Really? Yeah. I don't really like I know I'm I'm Chinese, I'm Asian, I, I should love Chinese food, but it's it's not really I, I like prefer it. Malay Malaysian food rather than yeah. Chinese food. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I get you. Right. Mm-hmm. What profession would you like to attempt if you had the chance? Wow. Uh, hmm. I have no idea. A banker, maybe? A banker. Yeah. Because I think a woman banker, that is so cool. A woman <laughs> in a man-filled, like a male-filled profession. And that would make me feel like, so strong. Okay. I know I, what bankers don't, that, it, it, it's a myth that bankers don't really have like good lifestyle. But I would love to it's try It's a challenge. It would be a challenge. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. Not well, good as in like they drink a lot and they, they party a lot. But I think that would be fun. Banker. Okay. And what uh, would you not like to attempt? What profession would you not like to attempt, even if you had the, had the chance? Doctor. Doctor? You wouldn't want to be mm-hmm. a doctor? I think it's boring. Oh, really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your favorite quote? <sighs> um, Wow, this is tough. Oh, um, I, I, um, um, look, um, I'm running with it. I'm running with it. La, 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 <laughs> life, life is like a movie. Life is like a movie. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I suppose it is. I suppose it is. Um, if you were stuck on a deserted island, what three things would you bring? Wow. Water bottle. <laughs> Blanket. I can't think of anything else. Mosquito repellent. <laughs> yeah. I hate insects. It's so dumb. Oh okay. my god. This this 
this is gonna be so bad. Right. What What is your favorite film? Silence of the Lambs. Really? You, you like mm. Clarice and uh, Doctor Clarice <laughs> Starling? Yeah. Yeah. I see. Okay. If you could meet any figure in history, who would that be? Um, Marilyn Monroe. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you could meet any living person, who would that be? Oprah Winfrey. Oprah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I wanna I wanna know I like I wanna know so much about her. She's a very strong She's woman. Very. Uh, she is. Very. Um, she very... has to be. From poverty mm. all from yeah. rags rags to riches, literally. Yeah. Yeah. What? Who or what inspires you? What inspires me? Cool. Confidence. Confidence. Yeah, like if I see someone with confidence, that would really inspire me. Like I would feel like that person is my role model. I want to do. It, it, I guess because confidence is something I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Being comfortable in your own skin, I'm always constantly learning, trying to, trying to find something that I I love about myself. I still have to go to the front of the mirror and I tell myself like I can do it. I'm good enough. I'm worthy of the praise. But yeah, uh, confidence is something I really look up to. Anyone mm. that has confidence. Mm. Fantastic. And finally, what would you like to be remembered by? My work, my shows, things I do. But again, I don't think mm, it's okay. I can just die in peace. People don't <laughs> have to remember me. I, 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 I don't have to. Yeah, they don't have to remember me. It's okay. Right. Less pressure then. Less pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Well, honestly, uh, this has been. Uh, absolute pleasure. For Let you. me ask you a question. Okay, Richard. go on. Yeah, go on. So after talking to me for an hour, mm. honestly, what do you think? One sentence. What do I think? about me? Mm. How would you, if someone come up to you and say, "Describe Koi," how would you describe her? Hmm. This is really one. Yeah, it's a really fast cool. question. You're supposed fast to ask the fast. Question. Yeah, I don't. But I don't play by the rules, though. So. <laughs> Okay. Energy. Mm. Um, I okay. Here's the thing. I can't do it in one sentence, but I just wanted to say, you're talking about confidence. I feel that you're a very confident person. I feel that you're well. Energy. Okay. okay wait, wait, wait. You said power. I'm a very confident person, right? Yeah. I feel that I get. What it. is my profession? Actress. Yeah. I act. It, I okay. can play pretend. Yeah. Okay. So no, that that that's fair enough. Um, okay. I think if we take it back to the start of the show where I called you mm-hmm. a role model, I feel mm-hmm. like a lot of the things that we've talked about really does reaffirm my belief of that. I I feel wow. that you you are I, I I genuinely feel that you are somebody who more people should learn look up to and um wow. i really i really learn about i can't really do it in one sentence but i really i genuinely do that that kind of um i'm at the stage where my of my life where i'm i'm also looking for looking for mentors looking for, for people and i feel that you 
certainly through the, your body of work and the things that you you t talk about, you're somebody that uh, I I do really respect, and I feel that you um, you exude this warmth and energy that is uh, really infectious. Wow. And I and I can't wait to you know continue the, the relationship and continue working with you. But wow. uh, but so I can't do it in one sentence. You you pigeonholed me into one sentence. <laughs> yeah, <Wow. laughs> but I but I can't. I, but I can't you know, next it. time I see after COVID, if I bump into you, I'm gonna buy you coffee just because of what you said. Thank okay. you for making my uh, day. No, no, thank you for making mine. And uh, it's been an absolute pleasure for having you on the show. Um, you. Where can, people can find you on Instagram at Coeat and at yeah. you, uh, YouTube. Instagram, at, YouTube, or whatever platform all in the, of all social in the, media you're all, on. All, all yeah. in the links to all uh, the people who are watching this in Singapore and Malaysia. Hello. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like, share, subscribe. And stay tuned to this podcast and keep up with the mm -hmm. wonderful Koyut. Mm -hmm. And don't forget to comment below if you want to watch any other things that James are going to do in the future. Thank you very much. Right. Cheers, mm -hmm. guys. Thank you very much. Thank you.